Afternoon, afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you, Lily? I'm good, man. Live from my bedroom in East London. I'm live from my cousin's front room in East Legon. No, not even East Legon. I don't even know which part of Legon we are, but we're in Accra, Ghana. Because um, I'm, I'm on my holidays, finally. And I haven't been to Ghana for 15 years. It's mad. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, it's been 15 years. How long has it been for you? Don't say that. I, I, I don't feel bad, Ben. It's been, we're 2021 now, right? It's been maybe seven, seven to nine years for me, which is okay. terrible. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I was supposed yeah. to go this Christmas, but then I was like, I've got to justify the spending because I'm trying to go to LA in January. Well, I am going to LA in January, end of January. Yeah, I hear you because I would have probably possibly gone to LA too for work, but I had to take this break and I needed to see Ghana and it's long overdue for me. So yeah, I'm here. But we need to introduce ourselves. We're just chat chatting about life. Hi guys, my name is Liam. I'm your favourite local carpenter. I am a screenwriter, producer, and I run a production company, BWG Limited. There are also another couple of things that I do, which I'll probably do in an announcement for next year when we start our new season. Jesus. Hi, I'm Akwea Jamfi, founder of the British Blacklist and also co-creator and co-producer and co-host oh of the Circle podcast plus <laughs> slash web series slash only piece of cultural news that you'll ever need to know in your whole life. Um, <laughs> I'm also a carpenter. I think I'm more carpenter than Leon because Leon just puts together IKEA things whereas I craft things from awesome. scratch on paper and then it's not impossible <laughs> i'm also a mother i'm also a producer producer of life producer of everything i'm just i'm the best that's what you need to know and this is the circle podcast it's the circle podcast we are about bringing the best and brightest black and brown british talent um and giving them a spotlight we always we obviously know there are plenty of people in front of behind the scenes and it's our opportunity to to shed light on who these people are. Some people you know, some people you don't know. That's the beauty of it. And every week and during these seasons, we will bring you the ins and outs of the industry via our guests. Well, not, I say first guest, not really a first guest. This is our guest we had from last year. Yes. Um, it's when we were all down in lockdown, locked up like Akon says. Mm-hmm. And um, we did some IG lives with some, again, some of the talented people that Leon mentioned in the industry in the arts industry, I should say. Our guest is Carmel Cochrane. She is a casting director. Some of the bigger projects she would have done that you would know of include The End of the Fucking World, um, The Lighthouse, yeah. uh, We Love Moses. She's casted music videos for Nicki Minaj, Stormzy. She's done plenty of commercials and she's on a roll right now. There's a couple of projects that are gonna be coming out in 2022 that you guys are gonna be excited about that she's been a part of, which we will showcase for sure when it comes out. Um, and it was a really, really good talk, man. I, I liked listening to you guys' sisterhood, coming from West London, dead area, that's what it is. Oh my God, how could you say that? <laughs> Casually as well. Yes, the West London love, I remember very well. And just the fact that her name is, Carmel's name is out in lights right now. A lot yeah. of projects have her name attached and it's a really good look to see. Um, a young lady, a mother also, and yep. um, yeah, from a different perspective as well. It's not like a usual role that people know much about what goes into it. So she definitely breaks that down for us. So guys, this is The Circle meets Carmel Cochrane. Um, Kids, how many kids you got? Two. I've got a oh. old going on 20 and a two-year-old going on 60. So uh, yeah. Wow. So are you in the midst of this? lockdown it's, it's this is why i'm outside 
<laughs> you need to get away. It may or may not be bedtime. I may or may not be doing it. <laughs> I was like, bye. Peace out, deuces. Mummy's got stuff to do. So, my love, um, casting. Carmel does casting. How, like, of all the bits and bobs that make up casting a project, or no, making a project, I should say, why was casting the bit that you um, were drawn to? It, it wasn't at all. I didn't even know that the job existed. I just went and oh. Um, I was 17 and I got offered a job in a casting office um, and I was going to go to uni. I I think like maybe three weeks before I'd gone to Cambridge as part of like their aim higher meant, uh, you know, they shipped us all on a bus to Cambridge anyway. And when I got there, they took us to like the lunch canteens and it was like Harry Potter. It was like Hogwarts. <laughs> yes. I was like, I can't sit and have my lunch here. I thought we were supposed to be adults. Like, <laughs> and then, then they took us around the accommodation and um, they showed us all the different types of rooms. So obviously I wanted like the bougie one. Of and when they told me it was £2,000 a month, I was like, yeah, so who, who pays for it? And they what? were like, you do. And I was like, how? Like, and, and then they said that you're not allowed to, to work at the same time. So for me, I was like, yeah. No, no, stop, 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 stop. So first of all, let's just stop, stop. Because first of all, £2,000 a month for who, for where, for what? That, that could be an exaggeration. That could be an exaggeration. This was like 17 years ago, but it was a big number. But you also mentioned Mensa. Are you one of them brainiacs, them clever peoples? So, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, went to, um, I went to Hammersmith and West London College. For Woo, like gang, gang, me too. Oh, <laughs> many and, moons ago yeah <laughs> and uh yeah like there was did you do english with jillian can you stop because i know i'm not that brainy when i was in hammersmith in west london i was doing performing arts and hanging out 90 percent in the common room just let's not talk oh, about yeah, it I was, I, was in the common room. I was in the common room but also the library <laughs> um look at you <laughs> and yeah so yeah they're part of like that inner city program was to was to take kids and okay kids whose parents hadn't been to uni as well that was a that was a big thing for them and neither of my parents had so saying Carmel is a brainiac I mean I can I'm already getting this when you talk about Mensa dropping that into a conversation <laughs> then you know that then it's, it's a wrap I might as well just go home or just read the um, Collins <laughs> dictionary to you so was so English was your strong point at, I guess so they were taking you to Cambridge to get a feel of what what it could be like yeah yeah so, and um I was just put off and I'm sure people have had really good okay. just there. But for me, I was just like, I I'm never going to fit in. I'm never going to belong. I want to have a job. And I really liked fashion. So I also went to London College mm -hmm. of Fashion to do a course. Well, to, to look there and I didn't get in. And I remember my dad calling like the head of the uni and being like, you're racist. Why didn't you get in? <laughs> Hold on. Did you see like London College of Fashion? Did you not have to have evidence of being into fashion? Was it well, like so, not? So this was what their problem was. They were like, just because she likes <laughs> doesn't mean she can study a course. <laughs> Message. <laughs> so I was like, okay, okay, fine. So then I was going to go and do economics. I basically never knew what I wanted to do, and I was quite I... good at a few different things. Um, and then a friend of my cousin's um, <laughs> was a director, and he came to my aunt's house with like a Mac laptop, and I was like, oh you've got a Mac laptop that's you know we're talking this was like 20 years ago 
Okay. I was like, you've got a Mac laptop, that's really cool. What do you do? And he said, he's a director. And I loved, um, you know, I'm from an MTV generation. I loved all the Hype Williams videos. So that was something that I was, oh, yeah. that I was super into was this kind of music video rather than film or theater or anything i just grew up watching i can name every good music video pretty much like hip-hop video <laughs> so he said and he was partial and went to school in chiswick and i think he might have even gone to eton and he said oh but you can't be a music video director because you need forty thousand pounds and to go to uh uni in new york so i was like oh for god's sake everything i want to do I yeah can't do. um so he paid me fifty pounds to go and street cast for him. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> he saw you him. coming, but okay. At least you got fifty pounds. Yeah. Some people don't offer anything. It was a lot of money to me. I was like, yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and he asked me to go and street cast, and I lived in Shepherd's Bush at the time, so I just went downstairs on my granny's estate, which was uh, Mitchell House, White City Estate, and oh. uh, just cast all these kids from downstairs. And uh, he was like, oh, you'd be really good at casting. I was like, yeah, I, I don't know what that is. And then his sister called me a couple of days later and offered me a job. And I wasn't going to do it. And my dad was like, go and do the job. Go and get paid. And then I was there the whole summer. Didn't really know what I was doing. Just, you know, did what I was told to do. And um, But I was getting paid cash weekly. So uh, I could then go and buy my Miss 60 jeans at the end of the week. And that was Oh, my it. gosh, you're <laughs> taking me back. Seriously. <laughs> You're saying so many things right now. Hammer Smith, you're talking about Shepherd's Bush, White City. I'm sure when you were casting kids from downstairs, I was at my auntie's hair salon, who she had a hair salon in White City, in, her, in White City Estate in her flat. So I was there working after working at Hammer, I mean, after being at Hammersmith in Lon West London, getting kicked out. I went to work as a hairdresser for a little bit because I didn't know what I was doing either. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that you didn't know what you were doing. You were good yeah. at many things, but you just needed something to do at that point. Yeah, and when I started in casting, I mean, even though I was getting paid cash in hand and I was getting paid weekly, I also was working in warehouse in High Street, Kensington. And I'd walk from Shepherd's Bush because <laughs> I didn't have any money. And even when I was working in there, I, um, whatever it was, you know, I was just someone on the shop floor. But as soon sure. as the manager would go, I'd like redress the windows, reorganize the stock room. I was just definitely... A creative. Yeah, and also just determined to have everyone else's job. I was like, yeah, I'm going to take job. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite interesting that, and this is the, I think this is testament to people who are in this industry, especially from our backgrounds, that this world, the creative, what this um, film TV world wasn't really open to us or wasn't something that we grew up thinking that we could even be a part of. So even if you were taking this role. Did you take it seriously when you were doing it? Or was it just like, this is fun, I'm just doing it for the sake of it? When did you actually click and say, actually? My dad used to bring home the Evening Standard magazine and I would mm. just circle all the houses that I was going to buy because there was more than one. The Porsche, everything. So I just knew from a young age I needed to earn a certain amount of money to live the life I want to live. <laughs> <laughs> and casting was the way forward. See, I wouldn't have, see, I would have assumed that you'd think, okay, let me go into directing, writing that type of thing, or if anything, acting. Oh, God, or you no. just saw oh, a way no, in. No, no. <laughs> no I can't I mean, save my life. Like, no, 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 no. They tried there. to cast me in a few things. Like, when, when I first started and I was an assistant, and when there weren't that many people who were any colour, yeah. I'd, I'd be taking a casting and the director would say, oh, why don't you just go and do it? <laughs> I was like, no. Right, no, thank you. But then, no. saying that you're casting people, you're judging people's ability and you can't act 
I think it's I think it's great because I've got a sincere respect for anyone that goes up and does it. Fair enough. I don't, Fair enough. I don't know. I don't know how I've learned how to do that. I really don't. I don't know. I guess I've just got instinct that. Who would have known? Who would have knew? But what is that? What is that instinct? Because I like to think that I cast well too. In the few projects I've worked on and had a hand in picking people, I'm like, yeah, I, that's a person. That's a person. But you know, not everybody gets it right. So what is it that you hone in on when you're seeing someone in front of you? It could knowing... be so years ago when I when I first moved from commercials to film, and I was an assistant. I had a copy of Teen Vogue on my desk at work. And there was a girl in it, Chloe Moretz, who ended up mm -hmm. being in the film that we were doing. And it was just a picture. And I just said to the director, oh, look at this girl. When I got Michael Ward, Michael Ward's agent emailed me his headshot and we cast him in a film, uh, like a music documentary. It was one of his first roles. And I got that instinct just from his headshot. I was like, I, yeah. I didn't even nah, know that. Nah, do you know what? I'm, I'm, again, I'm getting hater vibes on myself. To you or to you, because talking about Mensa, talking about oh, I could just do everything, and now I look at a picture, and that's it. And then, but but, but I, you... think, I think it's probably like nine. Uh, you know, I've got massive imposter syndrome. I always feel like, how am I here? How am I doing this? Yeah, someone's gonna catch me out one day. Someone's gonna ask me a question and realize that you know, <laughs> I'm a fraud. You're not a fraud because you've, you've but you've done well. It's testament to the projects that you've worked on, and it's if. So how do you, because you're called a casting director, right? Yeah. So what is the difference between casting director, casting agent? So a casting agent, I would, I think that's more of an Americanism, but I would take that to be an agent. So I would go to the agent and say, look, I've got this script, I've got this project. The agent would then say, well, I've got these clients. And then we talk and work it out. And then the, the actor comes in. What's your day-to-day -day job? as a casting director? Because obviously you're not sitting in a room like, yep, 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 all day long, no, every no, no. day. What's the stuff no, around so, it? So my normal day today would be doing a couple of commercials and usually working on a film project. So the commercials will get a brief from the director, mm -hmm. from the producer or the agency. And so that's usually, if it's a commercial, a couple of sentences, a paragraph. You know, we're looking for Joseph. He's aged in his mid-twenties. Any ethnicity, whatever. And then we'll get him in. We'll I'll brief out, and then I'll get the suggestions from the agents, and I'll call mm. in maybe thirty or so people, and we'll sit with those thirty, get them to audition. And there might be a handful that I've known whose agent haven't put them forward, and I'll call the agent and go, "Oh, why haven't you seen so and so?" Mm -hmm. And then we do the audition, and then the director might or might not ask for my opinion. Usually, they ask for my opinion, and we'll say, "You know, who 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 do you like?" Mm. And um, we make up a shortlist and then a week later they get the job. Someone gets the job. Someone will get the job. So it's a matter of you get the, it's always scripts being sent. You pick and choose which project you want to work on or is it like you can't, you have to cast everything regardless no, no. or do you have, no, I okay. Choose, yeah. I do most commercials that I'm sent because it's like a really quick turnaround and that's my budget. Sure. It pays for the office, it pays for the staff and then film and TV, it just has to, it has to be something that I'd want to watch. It has to be something... Usually I like to do something that I haven't done before. So I, I wouldn't want... Okay. After I did a film called The Witch, I got sent loads of horror. Yeah, after the end of The Fucking World, I got sent loads of like teen angsty dramas. I just like doing different things. 
so how do you stand out as a casting director? Because I mean, there, there were, obviously there's the big names. You've got Shane Bay, you've got Des Hamilton, you've got you know the individuals like Aisha Aisha Bywaters, Bums, and yes. of course Auntie um, Victoria Thomas in America, who's casting all the great things. So how <laughs> do you stand? I'm gonna yeah, her. right. Listen, <laughs> I want to I want to take her job just because she's amazing, um, and she's a black woman, so it's just like mind blown. How do you stand out? I don't know. I, I love Shaheen and I love Des. They're probably two of my favourite. And, you know, I really respect their work and mm. reach out to them all the time, actually. It's okay. Quite, they're both two people that I can talk to with ease. Um, what, what separates? I don't, I don't know. Probably that I'm a bit mouthy and that I don't take it that seriously at all. <laughs> That's fair. But then I, I suppose then it's nice that I was going to say, isn't there like competition and rivalry because... Like you said, it's bread and butter, and if you get the big projects, I mean, I, I'm sure that I know there's enough to go around, obviously, but it's also, you know, this industry is quite siloed with who they work with, and especially when you're looking at diversity and casting, even working with people who are the gatekeepers of their field. So you're yeah. at the top of your game in that sense. So even having diverse people in that position, the position that you are in, how does it work? Does, I mean, there's no like, you know, competition like that. But then, how do you? How does it work? How do you? get them to trust you I guess I think I, I think there is competition and I think there is loads of work going I always just think what's meant for you is for you and what's for someone else is fair. For and fair. so I you know and just like actors I think a lot of people on this would be surprised but we have to go in and pitch for a job as well most of the time I mean I don't know if Shaheen and Des do but I certainly have to um and it's hard it's hard when somebody doesn't give you a job and you think oh, um it's hard to deal with that rejection mm. and you think well why didn't I get it was it because I was too opinionated you know I mentioned that I had kids in the meeting and someone not giving me a job because they think that I've got sure kids. like there's all these layers to anything that you do you said you mentioned like you you got a mouth on yeah so <laughs> <laughs> and that's a West London spirit I'm guessing that's a shepherd's bush spirit <laughs> um coursing through your veins but then how are you mouthy in this role that you're doing? Why, why is it necessary to have a strong voice in the work that you do? I think just being female in any industry and, okay. and a person of like My mum's Indian, my dad's Dominican. I just feel like if I don't agree with something, I need to say it and I need to almost stamp my foot about mm. it. Although mm. um, I got called aggressive the other day and I was like, <gasps> how am I? How very there i am not aggressive i'm just um opinionated but but my argument is that's what you pay me for what i want to ask what i wanted to expand on that is obviously we have this diversity issue obviously representation yes. visibility on screen so is your mouthiness also about making sure that especially a project that's um hasn't considered casting diversely and then you're actually are you actually saying you know what this character this character could actually be is that where you have to be mouthy or is it just like yeah. go yeah, with my I decision remember, i remember on one project and i'm not going to name and shame but there was a character because mm. <laughs> the producer is on here i know um oh wow okay <laughs> there was one character and not him him and i were aligned but the the production team had wanted them to be a person of color but I had a real issue with it because the role was like a rapist. Wow, like, okay. Statistically, <laughs> I don't think that that actually marries up. 
Right. I get what you mean. <laughs> I get what you mean. I get what you mean. And I, I, and I think, go on, finish what you were saying. No, and I just think just making people aware of, I think there's a lot of times where in commercials, if we're casting families, I will be really vocal about saying, well, the guy that you like for that part is Nigerian, but the daughter that you're trying to cast is mixed race and the mum is West Indian. So that would not work. Like, mm. It might look like it would work, Thank but you. it doesn't. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah, but, but it works in so many different ways. Like, you know, I've had to educate myself with, uh, you know, in order to know the differences between Korean and Japanese, which absolutely. Is it, and it isn't um but it's important you can't yeah you're you're trying to recreate a, a truth and that is a truth to somebody so it needs to be represented you know it needs to be truthful to that and 100 percent understand and i appreciate you point noticing that nuance that you know you're casting nigerian you're casting caribbean you're casting mixed race and then you've got this whole cornucopia of backgrounds <laughs> that they haven't even thought that might not work on screen to us might work for them but doesn't work for us because we know the nuances so that's um really important and also there is that the whole thing that with the uk being so reluctant to let go of its colonial mindset and vision um the new normal is now interracial casting so it's always like this you know, look, racism doesn't exist because we've got an interracial relationship yeah. on screen, especially in commercials. Do you, when do you have to, when do you feel like you've got to really push and fight? And when you're like, do you know what? Fair's fair. At least there's a black person in there somewhere. Let me just keep it moving. And oh, is that I a battle that you have to ever, battle with? I don't ever Go feel on. like fair is fair. I feel like push it, push it until someone puts it in writing that they're not going to do it. But things are getting so much better. So I feel like I don't really have to push it. It will come... To me, the you know, we did a casting the, the other day, well, pre-corona. And I think for one of the first times, they didn't, they didn't even stipulate. Everything was like, just whatever you want, whatever, whoever. Wow. But we want to cast the best people. And they naturally cast the best person who happened to be um, a black guy. And it was great. You know, there was no... And I think the other thing is a lot of the time, if I'm doing conference calls, I mean, it's changed now that we're all doing Zoom, but there was a lot maybe in the early 2000s when I was doing conference calls and people wouldn't see my face and they'd be saying, oh yeah, well, we can't have this and we can't have that, you know, and, and the, the, the references and things that they call people. And I'd be like, you can't say that. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I was going to ask. Like, you know, when you have um, <laughs> the whole... So we need a black woman with nappy hair and, <laughs> you know, looks yeah. really ghetto and stuff like that. So in those moments, have you had to say, listen, let's not, let's find better ways to describe. But then saying that in contrast, what if there is like working class white woman, blonde, ratty hair and maybe chavy style. So those type of things, there's language that applies to other ethnic groups as well. Exactly. And I think it's just being respectful of everyone. I think the only thing that I will say is that in our job, we are discriminatory. We're discriminating all yes, the time. Yeah. That's the process of our job. If we're looking for tall people, we're discriminating against short people. But it's about using positive language and, you know, really trying to incorporate that. And um, I went to a talk that the BFI did and they were talking about, you know, the power of the black pound. And basically we spend loads of money. So we should be reflected in the advertising. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so you've worked on commercials. 
yeah. music videos and TV and film. Where's, yes. can you, can you say what you prefer casting? Does it make a difference? The, the, I'm, I don't have a preference. I like commercials because they're a really fast paced turnaround and it, you know, mm. I've got a really short attention span. Okay. Um, but I love, but I also love, you know, I love the finished product, product uh, of a film, of TV. Um, I couldn't do one and not the other. I feel like they go hand in hand. Like in, in doing the commercials all day, every day, we see so many people mm. that I then put into the film and TV stuff that we do. Yeah, I'm not snobby about where people come from. Couldn't care. And, and and obviously the conversation in the industry is like, we can't find a diverse talent. I mean, I'm speaking from the black perspective and the work that I do with British Blacklist, that oh, we can't find the talent, don't know where they are, don't exist. Where do you find your talent? Well, they're just not looking. <laughs> exactly, I mean, we know this. I for a commercial on Shepherd's Foot in, you know, White City Estate. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We just did uh, Delia's Kisses and Bones yes. And we found the most amazing kids, so much so in one of the recall sessions, we just rolled the tape. I didn't even bother giving them a script because they were so wow. funny that you could have just made that, no offence to Delia, <laughs> but you could have just made that into a show in itself. And it had nothing to do with them being trained. At None of them were trained actors. They were just kids from schools all around London, but they were just funny. Mm. <laughs> have, you, have you seen um, Rocks yet? Yeah. Sarah Gavron's Rocks. Yeah, yeah. That was some sort of renegade casting because they got girls that hadn't acted before, yeah. but their chemistry on screen. Do you appreciate the chemistry on that screen, or would you have cast oh, different? Not to disrespect it at all, but oh no, no, no. I couldn't. I couldn't say a bad thing about it. I think they're phenomenal, and I think it's great to see. I think there's like a Somalian or Eritrean girl in there. Like yes, yes. For me, it's that is true life, and that I guess going back to you know what makes me stand out. I, I guess. When we were doing Delia's project, it it was in a, a, a state school in Shepherd's Bush. And I was like, we need someone Somalian in here because that to me yeah. is my representation of Shepherd's Bush. Yes. So, yeah, we found a Somalian actor, but that was a really important piece to me that I was like, this just doesn't feel right. It doesn't. Mm. If it doesn't I, have the right the things. That I hung around with, there was always a couple of Somalian kids as well. Yeah, and that's fair. And that's why you're needed because you will have that extra insight into communities that people tend to just I think I just like homogenize as yeah. I think you know, you said what what makes me different. I think I like people more than I like any I'm just nosy. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we do castings, if we're doing films and stuff, you know, I'll always be asking people like, Who's your mum? Where's your mum from? What what does your dad do? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But that helps you, that informs you as a casting director, but then you have that mind. How much of a hand do you have in a script? Because obviously you're, you're, making, you're making the final decision on casting, right? Yeah. Right, so then if the character, I don't know, walks down the street with a, with a limp, and then, you're, <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, no, we really want this person, but you're like, no, because the limp isn't authentic. I don't know where I'm going with this. But however, how much of a hand, can you change the direction of a script as a casting director? Yeah, yeah, we can. If we find someone who kind of elevates the script and, yeah. you know, the, and then it becomes a question of like changing the script to fit around the person. Right. But that hasn't really happened. <laughs> You're not there yet. Well, not okay. That I know of, not that I know of. But so let's talk about some of your projects. You've worked with Nicki Minaj, you've worked with Stormzy. When you get that brief on your desk and it's like, 
oh my god is this person do you are you managing your expectations managing your emotions do you just say yes because oh my god it's stormy yes it's yeah. Nicki Minaj doesn't matter what they want i'm saying yes yeah within within reason if it was something <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. if it was something really inappropriate then i'd like <laughs> yeah. i mean we did we did once get asked to do a, a music video for someone pretty uh high up and it was basically a load of naked women and i was like nah oh. but like naked 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 for a hundred pounds a day um and i was like yeah i can't do that unfortunately yeah, I guess there's some things you don't want your name attached to. But what was it like working with someone like Nikki and working with someone like Stormzy? Both very influential. Did you feel the pressure of who they were? So on the, the Nicki, on the Nicki Minaj job, I feel like we only had a day or two to put it together. But the Stormzy jobs, I've done a few. I think I've done like three or four now. And I just, I we did Bossy Bop as well. And that was just, okay. that was like one of the best jobs. It was intense, really demanding. And Why? It's just because the, the, the turnaround, you know, normally you'll only get a few days to do it in and you've got to pull okay. off something and really manage everyone's. And, and the artists actually have an opinion, believe it or not. So, like, I know that Nikki on that video was really uh, vocal about what kind of women she wanted stood next to her. <laughs> Is there a story behind that laugh? <laughs> okay, I'll leave it there. No, it was just there was there was just some some requirements and not not bad ones actually. She just didn't want anyone who looked like you know a typical Victoria's Secret model. She wanted some good sized women and. Okay, for, that was a no frauds video, right? Yeah, yeah. So then, then mm-hmm, now you said that artists have creative control in to extent this argument. You know, when especially we have a problem with especially music videos, and actually, I think black create black projects. In itself, they're scared. It seems like they're very scared of casting dark-skinned women, specifically who look like myself. Yeah, um, yeah. When they push back and say, "No, no, it's not. It's out of our hands. It's the team that picks and chooses." The label. It, yeah, the label. Is that another argument that you have to have, or again, is it a matter of like, if the name's big, what can I do? I'll just cast and keep it moving. No, not really. At that point, I there's there's been a few conversations about things like that where I'll just mm. where even me and the director both be like well this is wrong Mm. the director and producer might push back and then after that I'm just like well I'm just going to take my money and go because there's only so much that you can change without becoming you know that difficult annoying person that's always moaning and and then there are projects like Insecure and obviously the stuff that Leon has done in the past with Brothers With No Game there are people who do push back against narrative. Do you, as you said, the industry is changing and improving for our projects and this kind of colour struckism and sizeism and all the stuff that we go through, which I kind of, I can understand to an extent because obviously competing with the mainstream and the mainstream's vis, um, mindset of what black people are and who they are, I understand yeah. to an extent, but we have to take control. So do you see something changing in the shift where, as you said, people are starting yeah, to understand that black people aren't just... We just did a, a, a show for Sky that's not out yet, but it's called Intergalactic. Mm. From the start, yes. from the start, they said that they wanted the lead girl to be something, whatever it was, just something that wasn't white. And we cast this amazing actress. I found out where her parents were from, and she, weirdly, but also probably, she she's got the same similar mix as me. So it was the first time where I felt like we'd actually been listened to mm. in me saying, "But this is what she is. So this is how we've got to cast it." because anything else just feels phony. 
another controversial casting, and I, want, I guess I just want your thoughts on it. Um, the NW, the Straight Out of Compton casting, the ABCD girls. Um, <laughs> that the lighter ones were at A, the darker ones were at D, um, and they got more ratchet and hood the more darker they got. How then do we, because obviously you don't want to be the shouty woman, and as you said, you were called aggressive for speaking up and trying to voice your opinion. How then do we manage that, especially as being a woman, black woman, and trying to kind of fight for visibility and representation? I think it's just about changing people's narratives and their stereotypes and sure. all their, their weirdness. So on another show that we did, we, you know, it's also about getting the right crew. Mm -hmm. one thing that really annoys me is when i see people and their hair is awful oh, girl girl so, yeah so on a <laughs> when i went in for my very first meeting before i even had the job and they told me they wanted someone who wasn't white i was like who's doing hair and makeup because this is what you're saying that you want but i, I do not want to see another person with just butchered hair thank you so it's like, yeah, I mean. I see it on you. I, I, I see it on you and I get it because I, as a hairdresser, I, I can't say I'm a hairdresser anymore. I barely do it. But my lengthy career has been in hair and watching TV. I'm, sometimes I cry and we won't like mention. If I've, ever, if I've ever got to do press, you know, and look, like I'm half Indian. This is my natural hair. Sure. I've had. When or actually a, a time in particular was when I was doing something for Bafta Guru, and the woman was like, "Oh, you've got really good hair." Oh. As opposed to what? As opposed to what? Like, mm -hmm. or I'll have someone say, "Oh, you know, your hair's actually your hair's quite difficult," and I'm just like, "No, no, no! You just need to get your get your arm muscles in, get that hair dryer going." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it is about crew as well, and. Oh, we could go on and we could go on. Yeah, um, I think it's about how we see ourselves and how we portray ourselves. Like my whole thing at the moment, and you know, is obviously caused by lockdown, is that I'm not blow drying my hair anymore. Sure. Because for so long I've had this idea that having curly hair makes me feel, you know, messy and not. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, but that's my hair. <laughs> this is my I mean, that has been my narrative. My, I mean, I've got, as they would call, I guess, 4C here. I don't know about all that grading crap, but it's been a thing for me where I'm not in front of the screen. I wasn't ever planning to be in front of the screen. It was always behind the scenes. But I was like, you have to take me, especially I've got a young daughter as well. I want her to grow up looking at me and saying, if she's going to wear extensions, this is not to disrespect anything to do with extensions, but it's about being in love with our own hair in its natural state. And even imagine somebody with your hair texture. We, as people with my hair texture, aspire to have your hair texture. But yeah. yet even you have insecurities about that because <laughs> walking to a room, when you've got in front of people that don't understand us and our culture, curly hair is curly hair. It just looks like a mad, crazy, wild bush yeah. and Amazon warrior coming to kill them. <laughs> so um, it is, it's about us reclaiming our hair yeah. and our beauty and our looks and just, yeah. and also people like you being in that position to push forward casting a wide exactly. range of, which takes, yeah. Which takes us back to the ABCD and it's like, but, but we all need to, to, just look at what our ideals of beauty are and who our and who we're putting out there. Yeah, exactly. As, as our ideals. Naomi Campbell is still one of the most beautiful women in the world, you know. In, in, a, in regards to shadism and stuff like that, does it apply? Because I mean, I'm saying this because I noticed Nonzo in the room. Brilliant actor, tall, dark-skinned man. Does this issue apply to men? Because we talk a lot about 
women like me not having space on screen. And to me, it looks like actually dark skin men get a fair, a better play. However, there's also the stereotypes of dark skin men being the aggressors and light skin men being like the hero and the husband and the lover kind of thing. So is there any yeah. of that that you've had to dispel or work on? I think so. And I think there's also this kind of, you know, when you, when you start to London, such a mixed up place, there are actors sure. who are a certain ethnicity but could pass as white and i think that there's a whole load of they've been taught they've been told absolute nonsense for years by mm. directors saying oh well, we don't know where to put you we'll, we'll just put them somewhere in the show. Yes. It, it's not up to us to dictate where to put someone just put them in the show make them the lead and then it, you know, explain the backstory if you want or don't who cares mm -hmm. that's fair you know they're they're yeah i just don't think that there needs to be so much thought on it. So much, so much thought, but then there does need to be a push from our side. And I agree with Nonzo. I think it's, it's much more women-centric. I don't think it's as prominent with men. For some yeah, reason. fair enough. Give me a project that you like, oh my God, if only I cast. I couldn't cast any better. Insecure. Insecure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Insecure. yeah, yeah. And because what I love about that is that, so I, you know, I watched Girls and I thought I actually liked Girls. Me but too. For me, Insecure was my version of girls sure. that had me, you know, proper belly laughing. And the first time that I could see it's it was like they picked up a conversation with me and my friends of all ethnicities, but specifically a couple of my best friends and put that on screen. Yeah. And it was the first time for me that that had happened. Um, but interestingly, I was talking to someone the other day and, you know, there was a lot of conversation for years when I worked in casting when I was an assistant and you'd be doing lists and you'd be trying to put in, you know, any diversity on the list and you'd, you'd get pushback. They'd say, oh, well, you know, that person won't reach this market. That person won't reach yeah. the Chinese market, the Russian market. And then I, I absorbed it for years. I kind of thought, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I left, I thought, but what about Richard Pryor? Right. What, about, what like, how he was in he was in superman exactly so so when did things change and when you know uh will smith was the highest grossing hollywood actor mm. when did that you know when did that not become the norm any anymore i grew up watching sister sister moesha keenan and Kelly. yeah exactly now? <laughs> exactly when, when i think where's all the there was a crazy shift and we start to believe, I mean, we've always been told stuff to bring us down. However, I agree. Like, where, when did it happen that all of a sudden we don't count and we don't matter, because but yet we, you know, we were breaking box office man, from time? Was, yeah. Man, Wesley Eddie Murphy. Yeah, all those yeah. people. Um, the Light... Oh, my God, I didn't ask about The Lighthouse. <laughs> that was freaking surreal. I, but it's Oscar nominated. Does that... Do you have that on your sign-off everywhere you go? I did say it, it's The Lighthouse, no, isn't it? I'm, I'm terrible at doing any kind of self no, can you? I said I need you guys wherever I go now. No, I don't. I need to like update my website. I need to update a load of stuff. So I watched that nuts. Okay, <laughs> wild. Yeah, insane, wild film. But um, does that mean that you're Oscar nominated or the pro no, the project's no, Oscar no, nominated? The, the project, uh, but, no, it, yeah. that, see, I'm trying to teach you Jedi mind tricks. That means you, Carmel, are Oscar <laughs> nominated. Yes. That is what I'm rolling with. Now it's time for the movie game. We've got to get into it. Um, 
this is why you're going to expose me. But at least I did tell you that I didn't want to get into film before I started. So uh. yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So this movie bit where I become the games master, <clears throat> the boss of this. <laughs> and um, the rules are, they're just going to let you know the rules. I'm going to give you five movie titles. Yeah. Right. Or movie or TV project titles, by the way. They're going to be across the globe, could be for anywhere around the world. And they're black in theory. So it's like made by, written by a black person <laughs> or an all black cast or starring one prominent black actor. You know, it could be directed by. So anything to do, there's a prominent black person in the mix or somewhere. So we kind of yes. know it's a black thing. And then, so what I do is I either, clue one, I'm going to give you a bunch of clues. You've got four clues to choose from, not choose from. I will give you the clues. For every clue that you don't get, you can answer the next clue. Okay. Okay, so the clue one is I'll give you, first thing I'm going to do is give you words from the title. Yeah. Could be one word, could be more than one word from the title. Okay. Right? Clue two <laughs> is how many words are in the title. Yep. Okay. Clue three, I'll give you one word to describe the film or the TV project. Yeah. <laughs> and clue four, I'll give you a description of one of the characters. And the people in the freaking audience can help, but I just don't appreciate it. Number one, the word I'm going to give you is show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wait, can I ask questions? <laughs> you can, whether I answer them. I'll answer them <laughs> is another thing. Is it film or TV? It's a TV show. That 70s show? <laughs> no. <laughs> Three more clues you can pick from. Okay, yeah, give me another clue. <laughs> um, there are four words in the title. There are four words in the title. I know exactly what it is. I can see the stupid thing in my head. Can you? That's interesting. Yeah. Based on the word show. Hmm. Yeah. The one with the with the guy. Go on, give me another clue. You want another clue? Okay, I'll give you another clue. So the <laughs> word to describe this show is family. Family. It's American. Um, oh, it's not the Cosby Show. It's. You're literally getting clues. I'm so glad you're actually not going to get this. <laughs> the game's master is back. Go on, give me one more clue. Okay, the final clue. A tired uncle is trying to raise his children. Oh, no, I never watched that show. Are you giving up? Yeah. You literally have all the answers in, in the clues, in the comments. I know, but I can't watch a cheat. Oh, you're so... Oh, you're so Shall I give you the answer? <laughs> yeah. The Bernie Mac show. There are so many people giving the answers. Did you never watch it? Yeah, I did watch it. Milk and okay. cookies, but no, that was not what I was thinking. <laughs> okay, so number two. Okay. This one, I don't know if you're going to get it, but wow. <laughs> The words I'm going to give you from number two, the two words from the title of the project yeah. that I'm giving you is the and of. Is it a film or TV show? It's a film. The King of Scotland. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well done for actually guessing because that's along the lines. People make very silly guesses and you're actually making informed, intelligent guesses. However, your okay, brain's not me, stretching. Give me another clue. Okay. So the second clue, there are seven words in this title. There are seven words in this title. The Die of a Mad Black Woman. No, sorry, Jerry. The, the what? Jerry the Hebron, last, sorry. The last... <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. <laughs> give me another clue. <laughs> okay. The word... Well, Leon did this one. You made me do this. So what describes a project is martial arts. 
So the words in the title are the, of, there are seven words in the title, martial and something arts. to martial arts. Who's, who's the actor in it? I mean, why would you ask that? Look in the <laughs> comments. I mean, seriously, you just want me to just tell you the answer. Yeah, but that's the last king of Scotland. The last king. Of... No. Does martial arts appear in the last king of Scotland, my love? No. No. But Hello, Adra. Oh, I know it. I know it. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was thinking about Romeo Must Die. I feel like <laughs> the of seven words, but yet she came up with Romeo Must Die. <laughs> Let me check your Mensa credentials. I beg you, because I feel like <laughs> someone out here is lying. Someone <laughs> lying. What's going on here, please? Oh my god. Hey, come, on. come on, someone help me. Do you want the final clue? Yeah, give me the final clue. A hitman has special powers. Delia, imagine Romeo must die. It's terrible, terrible. Rush hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All right. I think I feel like um Leon, I wonder if we could just end the game quickly because I'm just going to win this. This is wasted. I'm never going to win. Forrest Whitaker. But um, even the, the, the audience aren't doing very well. Frankie, you're just making comments. Can you give the answer? No, I feel like this is, this is too difficult. This, it's really not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were around when I was around. You know, this is like, this is a popular... <laughs> Shall oh, I give you the answer? Yes. <sighs> Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai. Oh. It's... It starred Forrest Whitaker as a hitman who had the ability to hide when he was doing his jobs. Yeah. I didn't see that one. <laughs> I mean, all right. Going to make this one like easy. You, needed, you needed to pre-warn me so that I could have done this with, like, some kind of alcohol. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, your supporters are terrible. Literally, your phone of friends are not doing a good job yeah, at no, all. Nobody helped me on that one. <laughs> yes, Rico, you are definitely on zero because you're not helping her. Okay, so number three. <clears throat> the word I'm going to give you is A. What? <laughs> this is rigged. This is rigged. I am the game's master. Yes, A. Delia, don't question me. As I said to my children, a game is not a game if people aren't having fun. <laughs> but you are having fun because you're smiling. So can we continue and keep it moving? <laughs> okay. Look at this wonderful smile. Second, a. Second clue. There were three words in the title. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Mr. Dice, seriously. There were three words in the title. Is it TV or film? It's a film. A British film. Look, it's a British film. And it was out like three years ago. Golly. And if you look at your comments, people are cluing you up. Okay, right. <sighs> Tanya Fear is in it. <clears throat> yeah, Palumi's coming, Palumi's like, coming with it. I know what it's called, but now all I can think of is The Last Tree, and I know that it's not that. What was his first film called? You were on in the same... A moving image. Oh, my God. <laughs> I actually have to come in with it's your, first, it's your first mention on the leaderboard and I take away the leader. <laughs> you actually made it to the board. Well done. So the word in the title is have. Has it got four words in the title? Are you asking me? We haven't got there yet. <laughs> if you want me to give you those clues, you ask for the second clue. No, but then I get away with not having the clue and getting a different clue. Okay, give me the second clue. Okay. There are six words in the title. Oh, One of the God. words in it 
is have. Is it a Brit- is it a British film or an American film? It's an American thing. I didn't say it was a film or whatever it was. Oh, what's that thing with Ashley Waters? Oh gosh. Oh my goodness. Help me out. Someone. No, it's, it's not. She's got to have it. Do you want a third clue, quickly? Yeah, Do you want yeah, a third clue? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the third clue. Rivalry is the clue about the thing. Rivalry. Oh, so it's like if someone had something and if something did not have it. Oh, are you trying to pretend that you haven't seen the answer? <laughs> go on, Carvel. <laughs> Do go on. Do go on. Yes, it is about someone having something but not having something. Yeah. I wonder what it could be. The have and the have not. I, I just, yeah. It just came to you, right? Okay. Came to me. Came to me. <sighs> oh, <laughs> shit. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> the real CEO says the black American Downton Abbey. I mean, how close could you get to the truth? <laughs> okay, your final one. You're getting there. You're actually getting there. Well done. Um, so the first, the word we're going to give you is we. We. How many words is it? Oh, is, are you asking for your second clue? <laughs> <laughs> there were three words in the title. There are three words. Did I cast it? Oh, my God. Stop <laughs> asking questions that you're not allowed the answer to. The games master <laughs> will get angry. <laughs> Do you want another clue? No. Oh, shit, man. We love Moses. Ah! <laughs> Okay, we love Moses. Want to say a little bit about that project because you cast it? Yes, you did. Um, I absolutely love Dion. I remember meeting her mm. at a. Um, can't remember what the event was, but I feel <laughs> like I gravitated to her, and I was like, "You look like my sister." Oh wow! I can see. Yes, I can see it. And it was just the first time that I'd seen someone in that kind of space that I thought. And so when she emailed mm. me, I was like, "Yeah, of course I cast it," and it was. Yeah. She's great. She's she's the real deal. So, okay, so guys, now you get your chance to ask Carmel all the questions. Um, unfortunately, you did not beat Rachel, by the way. Leon's <laughs> coming with the points. You're, um, like I graciously said to Rachel, she was at the top of the second page of the board. <laughs> so, <laughs> you are second on the second page of the board. <laughs> Well, well done, my love. I lost to a better woman. <laughs> Acting, talent, people yeah. who I always, I, I think it's getting better, but I struggle with British acting sometimes because I feel like it's a bit wooden and stage school. Yeah, yeah. How do you navigate that? Just don't go to stage schools to get the people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. But then um, when... No, I think I just, you just give a really good, we, ha- we found that really hard. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we, found that really hard on the end of the fucking world because what we were trying to do was like a show that was more Twin Peaks and Fargo and every everyone came in doing this like dour British like kitchen sink the world is gonna end yeah which wasn't we were just looking for kind of weird twisted comedy sure so it's, uh, it's about giving everyone as much context you pause as you can and then is there an element of okay this person's person's great but they just need to break a few bits and bobs of their training just to make it work is do you ever wait i say waste time do you ever spend time ex- trying to get that person yeah, right yeah. or do you have to okay yeah, cool yeah. no all the time all the time um all the time and it's okay. even down to the mannerisms of like when you ask an actor like how are you and they start talking about what work they've been doing and i'm like no 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 i just wanted to know like genuinely 
how are you how are you yeah let's not or like what have you been up to you know like (laughs) at the weekend did you clean your garden I don't know like yeah just trying to get to the heart of them um yeah so Frankie Clarence is saying ladies do you feel we allow colorism in our industry to a degree to be manifested not you both personally so I guess he's I guess go back to what we were talking about do you think we manifest it I don't think we manifest it, but I don't think we necessarily help it either. You know, like I was saying, you know, like I um, straighten my hair. I do, you know, yeah. I think there's a lot of things that I do personally or that I'm embarrassed of or ashamed of that I perpetuate in my thoughts. And mm. that's only really changed since having kids and me being like, oh, I don't want my kids to see this. feel like this or see this. Yeah. yeah. So I've got rules like, we would never bitch, you know, bitch about someone. I just don't like that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Abe Jarman says, did you have any casting biases as an assistant that you had to unwork when you became a CD or did you already know what direction you wanted to head? Yeah, no, I already know. I, I knew it was bullshit and was just like, that's why I kind of wanted to get out of the, the worlds that I was kind of circulating in because it wasn't sure. what I wanted to do at all it wasn't the films that I was going to watch I mean when we started working on um Les Mis I was like no I'm done Mm, why it's just I would never watch that sure that that is just not my ideal and and actually when we were casting it there was a huge um thing because Alicia Keys really wanted to audition and you know yeah it didn't happen tactfully when a name comes through and it's like they have to audition because they are who they are but you know it's never going to happen mate she, she didn't even get to the audition stage oh no 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 i see i was being tactful i wasn't even talking about it oh. alicia i want to go to a concert for free allow me <laughs> but for any like big name like let's go dramatic like say beyonce was in the room and you like you know it's not beyonce role but i want to do it i have to do it because i'm beyonce how do you deal with like the big names that feel maybe entitled to do a role that's never but, really happened to me yet because fair I'm, enough. I'm not on those kind of studio projects projects okay specifically why i don't necessarily work on them because i I don't want to be dictated to by you know who the producer's playing golf with at the weekend and there you go you know whose brother he needs to give a job that's i want it to be the best possible person all the time and i want people to come in and audition for it and you know win win it just like i game and palumi's become serious now she says when advocating for diverse casting do you feel it has to be authentic to the story or are you trying to get as many diverse faces on screen i just think it has to feel right i don't think it has to be authentic to the story you know like watching lady macbeth i was like yeah cool naomi aki smashed it whether it would have actually been factually true i mean i don't even know i'm not good at history but She's the best person for that part. And I think if you're, if you're, there are directors that I work with who are historically 100% accurate. And I'm not even angry at them for that. That's, that's them. That's their way of work. Mm. As long as you balance your roster and what, you, you know, what I'm doing for every job that I do like that, I will also do one that's directed by a female or directed, you know, just things that make me feel good and feel like you're addressing the balance in the world. I mean, I think because I suppose you can always look at um, colorblind casting for period dramas and things like that. Yeah. And I, I think for like when I watched Peaky Blinders and I saw 
Benjamin Zephaniah in it. Uh, yeah. I kind of recoiled to seeing him in there because I thought, was this just tokenism, dropping him in? And yes, we would have had some poets in that time, but I'm so used to British content not representing us in those days because they act like we weren't there. Yeah. Seeing him in there also then made me feel a bit uncomfortable. Like, well, why is he here? Is it just a token, a token gesture? I haven't acclimatised to him being in that space and him being the only one as well. Yeah. So how do you but feel about... But I also feel like we shouldn't then hate on the one representation. Like, sure, great, it might not work perfectly for us, but at least it's something. Let's build on that. Okay. And let that uh. be the pathway for then being, you know, 20 people in the next thing. But I agree with you. Sometimes I find it really jarring. Um, mm. I I really liked the casting of normal people, but I had a real issue with the one guy in it that wasn't white being like the weird S and M photographer. Yeah. So Rico Morris twenty twenty says, any advice for newer actors without a showreel? Will monologues or self tapes work in the meantime? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wouldn't even concept. bother with the showreel. I've never watched them. I don't enjoy watching them i think that it's a waste of money it's a waste Ooh. of weird you know people put weird james blunt video music on them just do a monologue just film something on your iphone i think maybe 10 20 years ago it, it was prehistoric and now it's like you could just do an instagram live and someone will watch it oh what marketing so um <laughs> <clears throat> as i said um <laughs> <laughs> as I audition for my part. So India JJ says, what accents would you recommend actors make sure they have perfected? I don't, I, whatever they want, whatever. Really? Okay. I think, it's, I think it's really irresponsible of casting directors to sit and say things like, oh, you need to do this and you need, because I think it's so subjective. If you predominantly want to work in the UK, focus on getting some regional accents up your sleeve. Mm. If you want to do crossover American stuff, then try and get a neutral New York accent. I don't know. Some people want to go and work in Dubai, so work on a Middle East. You know, it's just... So focus on where you want to work and focus where you on think you want to work in the type you... of jobs you want to do. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like, create um, your own... And that's what I've always done. I've never let anyone uh, kind of lead my career for me. I've been like, right, I want that. That's what I'm going to go and do. I don't know how sure. I'm going to do it, but yeah. That's how you're going to do it. That's fair. Um, on, the Andre H says, Carmel, do you think the industry will change in regards to using new actors and actresses, BAME in brackets, for lead roles in film and TV as opposed to using the same known actors and actresses? So just to add on to that, I mean, I think this happens to everyone, but obviously we're a smaller pool when you're coming, talking about BAME talent, that you might see the same couple actors in the same casting calls and same rooms and then they go with the names yeah you know that we all recognize and then everyone else doesn't get a look in how do you think it's changing or definitely i mean if you look at what the lovely lauren evans did on sex education yes she was great that that was remarkable casting um and where she found you know i think that that things are changing and you know people hate on netflix and amazon and all those studios but they're giving jobs to people like me and people like lauren who are you know newer-ish, even though I've been doing this half my life for 17 years, but you know, we're younger, we're not necessarily the go-to casting directors. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, yeah, that it's just all changing slightly. How do people get under, get in, like, under your radar? Because I can imagine also being black and in this space, 
um, especially from around the way, a bush girl, then that means a, I mean, do you get loads of people like, come on, yeah, man, cast me, get me cast me. No, stuff I, like. Is that... I did. No, I don't. Oh, really? I get like, I get emails quite a lot. Um, mm. And it's great. Like, I try to reply to most of them. I hope that there are people on here who have emailed me and I've been like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll do random phone call that I shouldn't be telling people this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah, whatever you can do to help people. I think that the way I don't go to showcases or anything like that because I just I don't have necessarily that much free time. But mm. I do respond to you know if you email me enough, I finally will respond. Yeah. yeah, you've just got to be persistent and and know that nobody's trying to not let you in. If that means mm. there's not, I'm not sitting there like budged. <laughs> no, I didn't say phone calls. <laughs> Uh, I'm so funny. They're like elbowing the door shut. I really do want to give as many. I just love giving people a job. Final section. So we basically, in the circle, when you guys, you can go to YouTube and watch it on the Brothers with No Game YouTube channel. We have um, season one and season two up. So there's a section in our shows called the process. And the process is where we get to kind of get people to understand the nature of people's skill sets. So we then, and how we do that is give them, yes, yes, yes. It's give them a story to work with and build just so they can showcase their skills. Now, because you're a casting director, I might just put a pause on the story. Actually, no, you can, you can do what you like. You can help build the story. Because normally we tell everybody, all our guests have built this story. Yeah. Um, and so we've got to a final point. But I'd actually like to know who you think who you'd have in mind for casting this. So I will summarize this story in a nutshell. So basically, the first thing we see, it's a short film. The first yeah. thing we see, is we have a woman called Chioma who basically ends up with an ax to her head. There's a woman called Patricia who's in the boot of a car. There's a man called Isaac who we thought was dead, but he's actually not dead. And he had, in his pocket, he had a blueprint of a list of names and a, a mobile phone. So basically, yes, this is one big nutshell, seriously periodic motion. So that's how we see, we come into the film. Some stuff has happened and this is how we end up. So now we fast forwarded, this is on the back of Papa Estiadu's, um thoughts. Yep. We had him as a guest last week. So now where we're at, we're in Hackney. Chioma and her brother Leon, they're having lunch. They're in a Nigerian restaurant. They're living life, it's a celebration, she's graduated, but it's bittersweet because mum, their mum would usually be there, but mum has gone missing a year ago on that specific day. Mysteriously, her body wasn't found. Investigation is still open. So um, Choma's obviously trying to do her mum proud. She's graduated. Oh, yeah, far, it's not fast forward. It's fast backward. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. Just this bit that I'm setting up is a bit that happens that makes us get to the end that we just spoke about. I hope this is not confusing because I'm just about confused. <laughs> anyway. So she's having lunch with her brother. She spots through the window. She sees someone that she knows. So she goes to talk to her friend who is called Gloria. No, Gabrielle or something like that. Some nonsense, Gabrielle. So they're talking, talking, talking. And out of the corner of her eye, she sees a white man in a pinstripe suit talking to her brother. And, and Leon's getting into this guy's car. So now she's like, why is he just leaving her at the restaurant to pay a bill? Whatever. She goes back to the restaurant. Her brother's still sitting there. She's like, hold on, I saw you getting into a car. What's going on? He goes, what are you talking about? I'm still here. So then um, the man outside in the pinstripe suit is just staring at them. Just as it blacks out, the two Leons look at each other. So then, <clears throat> this is all madness. Chioma then wakes up in a room by herself 
And one thing in front of her is this list. On that list, split down the middle, is Leon A, Leon B, Chioma A, Chioma B, Patricia A, and Patricia B. Top of it is the word kill list. Only one can survive. She looks up. The wall she thought was a mirror becomes a two-way window. Suddenly she can see through it. And in front of her is another Chioma looking back at her in exactly the same position. Right. Yes, A, Jarman. Oh, damn, indeed. She looks at the table next to her, next to their list. They see each other at the same time. They look at the button at the table on the same time and they reach for the red button and then blackout. Okay, that's where we've ended it. <laughs> so you can either talk about who you want to cast for this crazy project or you can take the story forward. Let's cast it. Let's cast yeah, let's it. cast it. You took the easy way out, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can, I think this is not the easy way. So weird white guy standing outside, Nicolas Cage. Wow, okay. I know it's going to go crazy. Right, so give me okay. the other characters. There's Patricia. So then, so you've got Chioma. Yeah. Who's uh, the main, the lead girl. She's 25. I have to say Naomi Aki. All right, nice. So Chioma is Naomi Aki, okay. Nick Cage being weird, creepy guy. And then who Okay. Who's the brother? Um, li see, Leon got his, managed to find his way in, but his bro oh, the brother is called Leon. Yeah, so the brother is Leon. We don't know how old he is, if he's older or younger, but Shoma's 25 and just graduated. But Okay, so then Leon is probably Michael Ward. Oh, nice, cute, okay. So, you know, then we're keeping Naomi and Michael with the same heritage. Cool. Script might need rewriting slightly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We haven't met, well, we met Gabriella, um, who's uh, Chioma's friend who distracts her. So that's the only other person we see in this scene. However, we do have Patricia in the boots and we have Isaac who hit her with the head over the head with the axe in the beginning end of the film. Um, <laughs> Isaac can be Nonzo. <laughs> Nonzo. And I feel like this is just too easy. Okay. <laughs> You're just using the audience guest. It's okay. because no, Patricia, Patricia's a hard one. I'm not putting anyone in a boot. That's okay. Like... So Patricia then essentially is Michael Ward, is Leon's ex-girlfriend, ex-fiance. Who could or be girlfriend. Patrick's boot? Mm. Maybe, um, oh, who could we put in a boot? No, I'll get into trouble. <laughs> oh, okay. What was your thought? Go with it. Go with it. We want, the story's already nuts. Maybe Daisy Ridley in the boot. Okay. Oh, that's why, because you're going to go controversial. Interracial dating. It's going to be all a problem. <laughs> Patricia. <laughs> okay, cool. So. She tried to give him pasta for dinner and it was game over. <laughs> pasta cooker. I'm going to put that as notes. <laughs> um, okay, so this is the, <laughs> the oh, Chicken with olive oil and salt and pepper. <laughs> Or just olive oil. Just olive oil. And this is why they broke up, to be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's, okay. So what we can do is build a little bit of a character by, because the thing is, we don't know what the hell is going on. We don't know where, because also now it's got this twist where you've got two people. So these people have to be able to play themselves. So they've got to be really talented. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So what would you, let's see, let's do a little bit of a character build of each character, a quick character build. So for the weird white guy, what are his traits? And without, oh, you've really cast, you've really given him Nicholas Cage, but I guess what's his backstory? The ability to scare people just by, you know, his presence. 
his physical okay. appearance is enough to put the fear of God into you. Shoma, so what kind of woman is she? Sassy, full of life, doesn't take any shit from anyone. Uh, on her way to becoming a billionaire. She's like a young Oprah. Michael Ward's character, Leon, as the brother. Unpredictable. Um, don't be put off by his good looks because, you know, something's going on underneath. Okay. And Nonzo as Isaac, who in the end of the film ends up taking an axe to Chioma, but we don't know who he is. Oh. Oh. Yes. Nonzo, no. <laughs> well, it could it. be in defence. It could be a good thing or a bad thing. We just don't know. I feel like it's in his defence. Okay, so like, what's his character? Who is he? Yeah, he's like a righteous Robin Hood. Wow, wow. And okay, Patricia in the boot, pasta cooker. So we're going to put, she's, what's her character trait? A perfectionist gone wrong. I may, so, I may want to rethink this casting. This is like, you know, roulette casting. It's a bit. I mean, to be fair... We don't know where the hell this story is going. So there's going to be a couple of redrafts and rewrites and all this type of stuff. So where we're at now... The recasting, because, you know, someone's going to drop out because... Um, it's going to get stressful. Yeah, they become unavailable because, you know, they're about to be a lead in the new Netflix show. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, <laughs> thank you for this. I mean, it's absolutely stuff and nonsense, but we just it's just great <laughs> to see. Because actually, what it's good to know how you build characters because it's just yes you have the character but actually what are their personalities and how deep do you go into um, to bible character bibles do you bother with that essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really deep and i think i was saying to someone else the other day that you know obviously i don't watch that much but i really read i read every single day you know i read a couple of books a week really yeah um, and for me that's where the beginnings of character where you find the beginnings of character rather than watching something where the character's set up and you know you're watching someone do a performance for me it all starts in the book oh wow okay yeah and that's where you and draw not, their not world from not necessarily a book of a, 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 a script just you know characters in general mm. well my love this is it um i just want to say thank you for your time it's oh, been, this has been great absolutely amazing um yeah, um, apart from the bit where you... Well, actually, no, that's actually the best bit because I won the game. Um, and <laughs> I feel vindicated as a games master because people were trying to challenge me and make me lose. So I'm really glad that you didn't win. So thank you. This has been a phenomenal and <laughs> interview. And I didn't cheat too much. You didn't cheat too much. And I think you brought your, you know, your brain space to the game and <laughs> you respect that your casting director had not part of the games master team it's fine but yeah thank you so much i no, mean i think you've given everybody such such great insight um respect to everything you're doing and my next project will be cast by you we'll talk about budgets later <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah thank you so much my love i'm gonna kick you out and then bring me on in so we can talk about you behind your back <laughs> okay right thank okay. you so much my love take care Bye. bye, bye. Thank you.